Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, I know you are probably one of the happiest people on the face of this planet today. Well, me and all the other uh, Bengals fans out there, this is uh, <laughs> still a little surreal to see a uh, Cincinnati Bengals team that you know had a, had a good season, no doubt about it, winning the FC North. But I, I hadn't even allowed myself to think about you know them beating the Chiefs and Arrowhead, beating Mahomes, especially once they got down oh. to eighteen. But man, what a uh, what a great day for America that they get to watch Joe Burrow play in a Super Bowl this early in his career. Yeah, really. I mean, he's he's incredible, and I mean, you have to think about what the future holds for him as well. But I know. Most Bengals fans probably went into the season just wanting to break that curse and that streak of not winning in the playoffs. Um, I hadn't – I mean, I went into it hoping they'd do that, but I had no thoughts of them getting to a Super Bowl. Did you wake up this morning and kind of wonder, like, was it a dream? Like, did you have to roll over and check and make sure it was real? And I watched the highlights on YouTube from the game like 15 times already yesterday before it was over. But, uh, no, I didn't even have hopes of them making the playoffs this year. I was like – I can remember texting Adam Luckett back in like September talking about, you know, seven and nine being a pretty good step forward for this team. Cause you got to think, man, they got all this cap space, I think close to $60 million um, that they can spend this off season. And of course they won't spend all that on long-term contracts because eventually you're going to have to pay Burrow and, and Chase and some of these other young guys on the team. But um, really they're way ahead of schedule and uh, that's really exciting. I mean, I kept telling myself last week going up to this game, you know, no matter what happens, they've already far exceeded expectations and the next few years should be even better. So the fact that they're 60 minutes from a Super Bowl is very wild. Uh, but I know all the long so people who have been long suffering Bengals fans are much longer than me. I mean, I know I know there are many out there. I'm very happy for them today. And um, if you're a Chiefs fan and you listen to this or Titans fan, we have a lot of Titans fans, you know, those are still very good teams. I mean, AFC as much as it would be fun to kind of thump your chest and just talk about how the AFC could run through Cincinnati, man, I just, there are so many good teams in the AFC that I think it might just be kind of a rotating thing between Mahomes and Burrow and maybe even Justin Herbert and Josh Allen here for the next few years. But I mean, if you're an NFL fan, I feel like you're about to go into a, just a period of just, I mean, look how great these playoff games were. I mean, what a great product it's been. And hopefully it'll stay like that for the next few years. Yeah. And, uh, my my franchise is probably going to blow up for a few years. I'm a Packers fan. I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers will not be there <laughs> next year, and uh, could be a rough few years. But I'm I'm all in on the Cincinnati bandwagon here for the next couple of weeks, and I uh, hope the Bengals uh, go win the thing here in a couple of weeks. But Derek, I know we have a lot of Bengals fans that listen to this podcast, but we we have everyone listens to this is probably a UK fan, and there was some news that that kind of broke. Uh, Ever since, well, ever since the game ended yesterday and to through today, but offensive line coach to Kentucky, it's another open spot that they've got to fill. Yeah, I got a text yesterday, um, I think right before the Bengals game, about Eric Wolford going to Alabama. I think that must have been something that had been done for a few days. And uh, I think the holdup on maybe reporting it is, to my knowledge, uh, I still don't think Doug Marone has officially left Alabama. But – Word is he's going back to the NFL to join a staff. So that opened up a spot for Wolford and very, very brief one and done here at Kentucky. Um, I was a little surprised. You're never surprised whenever a coach wants to leave for Alabama. I mean, they're going to be the heavy favorites to win the national championship next season. Going to work for Nick Saban will open a lot of doors 
for Wolford, but Wolford was not an up-and-coming assistant, though. I mean, he's a guy who's been a head coach in the past at Youngstown State. He's not a young guy by any means. I think he's in his 50s. I don't know what his career aspirations are past this. You add in the Youngstown connections and the fact that he had worked for both Mike uh, Stoops and Mark Stoops. Um, I was a little surprised on the surface, but again, whenever you really look at it, um, he's not going to have the same things to worry about at Alabama. He's going to have a lot of talent in that room. From a UK perspective, to me, is by far the biggest concern for next season is finding finding out who's going to play tackle. And now Mark Stoops is in a situation where we're about, I don't know, a month or so, a little over a month probably, from spring practice starting. And you're going to have to bring in a new offensive line coach here. It's a bit of a rough spot to be in. You know, well, I, you can never blame Wolford for, you know, coaches are always going to do what's best for them. But in terms of what this does to UK, in the short term, I mean, it, it hurts for sure. Yeah, you you kind of you, – you were hoping you could get a guy in there that could kind of be long-term and, you know, leave his mark on the program, you know, build some quality depth there and, and develop some guys. But uh, how important is it to kind of make a higher ASAP? Or do you think that this needs to be one where he needs to make sure he gets the right guy, even if it takes a little longer? What do you, what do you think on that, on the time frame? Well, you know, a signing day coming up Wednesday, I'm assuming they're going to – I don't know who's going to hire, honestly, but, you know, more likely than not, it's going to be somebody who's working at a different college. Now, maybe they'll dip into the NFL. It wouldn't be stunning. I mean, Stoops knows some guys on the NFL side, and then, of course, Liam Cohen coming from the NFL. Um, it wouldn't stun me. But this job, you know, I think you're going to need somebody who can really get after recruiting as well. Yeah. And it's not to say that someone coming from the NFL could not be an effective recruiter. It's just – you know, if you hire a current college coach, they're already recruiting, you know, kids in this class and you're going to at least have some relationships brought over. So that would be my guess as to where they go. But, you know, you can't take forever on this hire. Spring ball starting soon. I, I don't think you want to uh, go into spring practice without having an offensive line coach. And there are guys on the staff, you know, assistants, GAs, things like that, that I guess in theory could kind of handle it until the new guy get got here. But still, I think – you don't want to hire someone immediately just, just to say you have someone, but I would be surprised if they didn't have someone in place by the time spring ball started. I mean, I would guess a couple weeks you'll know who the next coach is going to be. Oh. I really don't have any names. I really don't. Wolford was such an obvious replacement for Coach Slarman just because I mean, he had worked with Stoops in the past. He was on a staff at South Carolina that had been fired. It just made – I mean, that was an easy one to yeah. tag all the way back in like October that he was going to be coming to Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And you brought up a good point there with Liam Cohen and his NFL ties. He might throw out a guy that he's worked with or throw out someone that he's familiar with that, that Stoops would probably be intrigued by. And listen, I mean, I'm sure he's going to take all those things into consideration, Derek. But uh, any more notes on the football side before we jump into basketball? Uh, you know, they had a visitor this weekend. Noah Matthews is someone who I would expect to end up at Kentucky. He is a you know, he's a sleeper. He's one of these guys that is from Delaware, was committed to Weber State up until last week, and then Illinois offered him. He decommitted from Weber State. And Kentucky, you know, Brad White, familiar with some people up in Delaware, got, got on this kid. And, you know, he projects to be a true defensive end, it looks like, in UK system. He took an official visit over the weekend, and he's going to wait until Wednesday to announce. But I'm thinking he's going to be the only addition from the high school ranks on Wednesday. Of course, most of their class was signed back in December, but um, 
Besides that, no, I don't think they're – unless I'm forgetting something obvious. My mind was all wrapped up in the Bengals yesterday, so perhaps something flew uh, flew by me that I missed. But uh, I know that that is something that, uh, you know, the staff, he's – it's very rare that you have a kid kind of fly under the radar these days just with all the social media and huddle and all that stuff. But, you know, a kid from Delaware – he played up there during a pandemic and probably wasn't on the camp circuit a ton the last few years. I think you can see how a guy like that could kind of fly under the radar. So assuming yeah. he commits to Kentucky, which I think he will, I mean, he's a, it's a pretty intriguing guy to add late in the game. He, he looks very raw just from watching his huddle film, but for a guy that, you know, he has the measurables and someone two to three years from now, who, if he sticks with it, I think could prove to be a pretty good signing here at the very end of the class. Let's transition now to the, the basketball side of things, Derek. And we talked yesterday about, you know, where Kentucky would be and whether it be the net rankings and Ken Palm with the AP poll. And I, I thought that they would settle somewhere around seven. I didn't think that they would jump all the way to the top five, but I, I was wrong. And, and you saw uh, some other people and in, in their projections. I know CBS Sports, uh, Gary Parrish, he had Kentucky at three in his power rankings, but Kentucky's fifth in the AP poll today, uh, when they lost that game to Notre Dame in mid-December, I, I didn't know if they would climb to the top five this season. I thought they would hover somewhere in between 10 and 15. But, man, that that win, a lot of people took notice to that win. You saw Jeff Goodman move Kentucky up to his top five, where he'd had them, I think, in the 20s for most of the season after those early season losses. But you're, that win really got a lot of attention. Yeah, it seemed like anyone who was, you know, still, you know, waiting to or maybe keeping UK a little bit lower than, than yeah, I mean, because the computers have liked Kentucky all year. Like the computers have been higher on Kentucky than the AP poll, you know, basically the entire season. So I don't really hold it against anybody who kept waiting for that big win to come. So I do think once they saw how dominating Kentucky was in a place that, you know, it's very difficult to even win a game, more or less lead by 24 points at one point in that game. So, you know, I, I think we said, what, seven yesterday was what we kind of thought they might get up to. So, I mean, it surpassed what I thought it was going to be. And getting back to that top five is, is is quite impressive. But the way that they're playing right now, I think that's probably about right. I think they're definitely, you know, at least a top five, you know, top seven-ish team, like we said yesterday. But I certainly don't think you're going to get too much complaining about them ending up uh, number five. That's That's quite a jump for after last week. Yeah, and, and then I said yesterday that by the time that they played Bandy on Wednesday night, we would look up and Kentucky would be on the two-seed line in Joe Lenardi's projections. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, or at least an hour ago, and he has them as the third best number two. So he has them as the number seven overall seed in the tournament, Derek, and that's a really good spot to be in because that kind of proves everything that I was saying yesterday, that they've got a legitimate shot to get to a number one seed if they do the work that they need to do the rest of the way. Man, speaking of uh, some brackets, I saw Jerry Palm at CVS. Did you see his region for the number one overall seed? I did not. He had Auburn, Houston, Arizona, Texas Tech, and Purdue all in the same region. Wow. I mean, I, that's just uh, – That is – that's a brutal region. If they, <laughs> Goodness. You're, uh, you're probably sitting there thinking, why, why are we the number one overall seed? You, know, you want to be one of the other ones if oh, you're in that region. I'm double checking this. To, uh, I mean, they definitely had Auburn and uh, and Purdue. Let me go to this full bracket top well, right here. It, 
And while you're doing that, I'll, while you're doing that, I'll mention this. I know we had some questions. That is about correct, Houston. by the way. Jeez. <laughs> I know you five mentioned- seed on here. <laughs> I know that we talked about Houston in the net yesterday and like why they're number two with it, with zero quad one wins. And, you know, even though that they're at that point in the nets, you still got to have the eye test as well. And Lenardi has them as a four seed right now, which is, which is probably where they should be. I mean, if they had won one of those quad one win, quad one games against Alabama or someone, maybe they're a two or somewhere in that ballpark. But uh, I think a four is where they should be right now. How about Tennessee? Uh, still one of, probably one of the most up-and-down teams, right? They, they struggled to score. They lost that game against Texas, and this is where I, I, I really don't put much weight in the polls. Tennessee's still ranked ahead of Texas in the AP poll, and Texas just beat Tennessee on Saturday. So, like, you can't put a ton in it. But here they are. I think they're the lowest number four seed on Lenardi's projection, so still one of the top 16 teams in the country. Yeah, using Jerry Palm at uh, CBS, he has Kentucky a little lower. Like you said, Lenardi has Kentucky on the two line. Right now he has Kentucky as a three. And, uh, I mean, listen, man, this is not an easy bracket either. You have Baylor as the one. Now, you probably like this two seed, um, although they're having a very good year. Providence is the two. I think you'd have to like that. If you're, if you're yeah. Kentucky and you can play Providence in the Sweet 16, I think you're going to take that over having to play a team like Kansas again, which is also a two. Uh, UCLA and Purdue I think Providence is definitely the weakest two seed out of that group but your second round game man would be really rough Illinois as a six seed which is a you know a team you'd have Coburn against Sheboy Corbello is a very good player that, that would be a tough second round game or Florida State a team that uh that, that would be a tough two game or a, a second round game don't you think got to play one of those two teams it would be and j- just looking at Lenardi's projections here Florida is the the last team or one in the last four in in the tournament. So Kentucky's got them twice. Uh, first four out, Mississippi State is in that category. You know, if they'd gotten that win at Rupp Arena, they would not be in there. They would definitely be in the tournament. But Notre Dame is in is the last team in the first four out, and they have a huge game tonight at home versus Duke. That you could honestly say that they're maybe playing for their tournament hopes because there's not many quality opportunities in the ACC this year like this might be one of the few that they get especially on their home floor if they get this one and they beat Duke at Notre Dame and then they've beaten Kentucky at Notre Dame bearing that they just completely fall apart I think that that's a turn team when we get to March if you have those two non or those two wins on your home another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
we were talking about Alabama yesterday, not really knowing where they might be seated. Um, I don't know where Lenardi has them, but Palm has about a five seed. So really valuing quality wins, it looks like, from his perspective, because um, a couple of those – couple of those losses Alabama has, I mean, I kind of think five might be a little high, but then again, if you are going to, I mean, they have some wins that are just hard to beat, you know, I mean, that's what one of the craziest, uh, one of the craziest resumes of probably any team in college basketball, actually, at this point, in terms of where do you see these guys? (laughs) Do you see any scenario where the SEC gets two ones? Like if it's Kentucky and Auburn, like, do you see that that even being, I mean, we're still away, there's still a lot of basketball to play, but Let's say that Kentucky loses one game the rest of the way and they win the SEC tournament and they beat Auburn in a close game in Tampa. And let's say Auburn dropped maybe two games the rest of the way. I, I could I think there'd be an argument for both those teams to be once. Yeah, you have to assume as long as Auburn doesn't, you know, completely fall apart, which I don't think they will, they're they're gonna be a one seed. Gonzaga is just not gonna lose any more games probably no. in the regular season. So they're gonna be a one. And then, I mean, Wisconsin's on the one line and then Baylor for this one. Is that who Lenardi has as well? That's his he has Auburn, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Purdue. He actually Purdue. has Wisconsin on as a, the lowest three. Oh, well. So these projections okay, these are, all are all over the place, place depending yeah. on who you have. Like, they're completely all over the place. But that bracket reveal, the, the top 16, will be intriguing to kind of see where things are here in a couple of weeks because that will – that will give you kind of a, a blueprint to follow over the, the final four weeks of the regular season. If Kentucky won out, beat Tennessee and Auburn, and, you know, they in a scenario where they beat Tennessee two more times and Auburn once, then, yeah, I mean, I think they'd be a one, right? I would, I'd be surprised if they yeah. weren't. At that point, you'd be, what, like 30-something four? So, And, and I don't yeah. think Kentucky will win out. I think that they'll drop a game somewhere in the regular season. Uh, I just think that that's kind of the landscape of college basketball this year. I mean, there are no unbeaten teams remaining and haven't been for a while now. I think Kentucky will lose at least one more, but I think I don't see them losing more than two, but I honestly see them losing maybe one. Like that's how good they're playing right now. I mean, think about this. And again, like this is just for fun. We're way out. I mentioned the second round game for Kentucky on the three line. <laughs> having to play the Illinois Florida State. Flip side, if they were to be the two seed in the same region that they're projected in, you could have a really intriguing second round game because you might play Murray State. So he has a 17 game in this uh I think it's the South region. It is the South region is Colorado State versus Murray State. And um that now I haven't watched Murray State play this season, but I know that they've been the best team in the obviously I want to say I saw someone tweet that they like have a a legitimate case to be a, an at-large team, but I might be thinking of somebody else. Yeah, I might be thinking of – where is Murray State at in Ken Palm? Yeah, they're 37th. Yeah, they're 20-2. and two. Like, Yeah, this is like – it's very rare, very, very rare you would get more than one bid from the OVC. But it's also pretty rare that you have a team go, you know, 28-2 and two or whatever in the regular season. So, and you got to think one of those losses that they have is, is to Auburn. So, they also lost to East Tennessee State, but that was back on November 22nd. So, the only team they've lost to since November 22nd was Auburn. And uh, Belmont, they've, they've beaten Belmont, who's 56, and then they'll play them again this year. So, that would be uh, – if you're looking for storylines in the tournament, you know, having to play Murray State, which 
one and or did they win two games back with Moran or just the one? They didn't make the Sweet Sixteen, did they? I think they just won. The first game. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm trying to remember. I think it was the first game. They did. They beat Marquette pretty easily, and then they they got drilled by uh, by Florida State in the second round. But that was a good Florida State team for sure. So just a little fun bracketology. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know who the best is at, at projecting this. I know. In terms of um, getting up, I believe that the story with Lenardi always is that he's very good at projecting yeah. um, the seating, right? Just not necessarily the matchups. Yeah, so. yeah, the, yeah. Don't don't pay. I never pay attention to the matchups, but I do pay attention to where he has the seed, like, especially when you get into February, like January. I mean, it's kind of just. I mean, you're throwing things out when. I mean, we've we've seen teams be. I remember one year. It might have been Cal's first year at Kentucky. Texas was ranked number one in the country at one point, and then they were like a non-seed when the tournament got around to it. I think that was the year that Wake Forest beat them in the first round, and then Kentucky beat Wake Forest in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. But once you get to February, and that's where we are you know, as of tomorrow, I think you can start paying attention to the bracketology. And in every single game on, on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, it has an impact on the tournament field and especially on seeding. Uh, Kentucky is up to number seven in the net, which is still their highest ranking of the year. They were eight yesterday. They were nine going into the Kansas game, Derek, so they continue to climb, still three in Ken Palm. Uh, Kentucky is in a very, very good spot right now with a home game versus Mandy and then a road trip to Alabama on Saturday. Yeah, this is going to be a fun week. I mean, Saturday the 5th at Alabama. Man, the uh... – Right now, Ken Palm's projecting them to win that game by two points. I mean, very, very close game. And that's just been such a – you know, that's not a bad loss, you know, if you're Kentucky, just just given what we just talked about, all the teams that they've played this season and defeated. Uh, on the flip side, though, it's a huge win if you can find a way to, to pull that off. But, yeah, after this upcoming week, you got South Carolina. And besides playing Ole Miss at home on March 1st, every other game you play is against a top 50 Ken Palm team. So – we were talking earlier about running the table. I'm with you. I don't, I don't, if they went out, then man, they're probably, they'll be talked about as a, as a tournament favorite, maybe more than anybody at that point, if they win the rest of these games, but uh, more likely than not, you know, they're going to drop a game or two at some point before the NCAA tournament starts. But I mean, still, man, you're, they're, they're tracking very well right now. This is, uh, this is the time of the year where you want to start playing really good basketball and, uh, you know, outside of that Notre Dame loss back in December, you can kind of you know, put an asterisk next to LSU and Auburn just because of what happened in those games. So you're feeling pretty good, I think, right now if you're Kentucky going into going into the stretch of February. Yeah, four, fourteen and two when Ty Ty Washington and Xavier Wheeler are healthy and able to finish the game together, and the last at full strength loss was that game at Notre Dame. So if if you don't have those in, injuries, we're we're talking about a team that's been on a winning streak possibly since the middle or early the second week of December. I mean, I mean, then they're probably number one in the country if uh, if that's the scenario. But uh, Derek, I think that pretty much covers everything with football and basketball and the Bengals. I, I know you had some you announced some news today on Twitter that uh, I'm sure you're wanting to uh, discuss a few minutes here. So I'll, I'll give you the mic and you can uh, kind of just take everybody through some changes in your life that are taking place. Yeah, I uh, tweeted, if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, this upcoming week is going to be my last uh, as a sports writer, actually. 
I'm uh, leaving the cat's paws and 24 seven sports. My last day is officially Friday and I'm uh, going to be working for LFUCG, which if you're not from Lexington, it's the Lexington Bay urban County government. I'll be working in their public information office. So for me, I, I wanted to leave the business and go to a job where I could still use a lot of the skills that I, I would say I've acquired through my professional life. So this will be a way to, to continue writing and um, it'll just be a you know, different form, but um too many people, I think, to recognize. Uh, I met so many great people doing sports riding, and that's really the thing I'll miss most is, or are those people? Because you know, the the, the games are fun. The travel at, at a time was was fun. I got to go to a lot of places like Hattiesburg, Mississippi, that probably never would have gone to otherwise had I not been uh, covering Kentucky. So that part of it was cool. But you know, meeting you. Um, I mean, all the beat guys, Kyle Tucker, Ben Roberts, John Hill, uh, Curtis Birch, who now works for UK. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I'll, I'll forget people. Um, those people have, have been some of my best friends the past few years. So not getting to see them as often will be weird. But in all honesty, I mean, the way the pandemic's been, it really already made it a lot different. You know that working this job, it's not been the same as it has been the past few years. But um, there were other people, too, I met along the way. Uh, Joe Masato and Fletcher Page are two people who spent time here a few years back who I still talk to quite often. Um, actually going to go to Joe's wedding in Oklahoma in September. He came to mine, drove all that way to go to my wedding. And uh, it's the friendships that I'll miss the most. But in terms of this, uh, I know we got some questions on if I was on a state of Kentucky daily, and that is the plan. Um, it'll be different just because, you know, I'll have a a job that's, you know, real eight to five. So any kind of breaking news that happens in those hours, you know, I probably won't be able to hop on here and, and talk about it the way that I did uh, or could do now with this job. And also just total transparency. I don't know that I'll be watching every single second of every single game now that my life is not going to be revolving around Kentucky sports, but um, I've, I enjoy this and it's something that in my free time, I see no problem or see no issues continuing to do this podcast so I wanted to kind of keep my toes in the water a little bit with you know UK sports I didn't want to it's just been such a big part of my life for so long I couldn't imagine just quitting at cold turkey you know and never talking about UK again I mean I still plan to be around and tweeting out my thoughts for the people who still care to listen but um yeah I guess it's about all I have to say about it I'm looking forward to, to the next stage in my life but at the same time, I leave this job with, with no regrets. I feel like I've you know, pretty much accomplished everything I wanted to in sports riding. And for me, being married within the last year, it just makes the most sense for long term for, for me to get something a little bit more stable versus journalism and um, something that I, you know, I could actually see myself doing for the rest of my life. Whereas with journalism, it had gotten to a point where it was hard to, you know, hard to envision that I would be able to keep the same job for the next 40 years or whatever but Kentucky Daily will go on I will still be here as long as you guys will have me and uh that's about all I have to say about it Sean yeah I couldn't I honestly couldn't imagine Kentucky Daily without you so I'm, I'm really glad that you know you're able to to want to still want to do this and I'm, I'm very happy for you and this next step that you're that you're going on we've had a lot of conversations over the last 18 to 24 months I mean over everybody's lives have changed and this is a good move for you. I'm very happy for you. I appreciate everything that you've done in this business. And I mean, think about this. I had you on my radio show 
three years yeah. ago <laughs> and we ended up on the phone i think for an hour after we talked some off and on but that's where we really started talking and chatting and then started throwing out this idea about starting a podcast and uh we didn't really intend for it to be a daily podcast but then that's what it ended up being in the middle of a pandemic derek so uh i think if we can make this thing survive during the the, the morning after it looked like the college football season was be called off I, I think we can we can work around your work schedule and make sure you're still a part of this thing <laughs> yeah no question and you're someone that i mean i've talked to you know a lot you know we, we do this show and we talk for 30 minutes or whatever the days that we record but we talk a lot you know off of the show I mean we're texting all the time and um, I think you know going back to I mean I applied for this job back in November <laughs> so this is something you know it took a little while to get it done but I've known for a few months that you know I was looking for something else to do with my life and uh really thankful that this came together for me because you know I love the city of Lexington I love uh you know long term this is where I want to be and the fact that I could do some of the things, you know, uh, with my degree still that I had from UK's journalism school that applied to this job. And, um, but I'll be around Sean. One of the things too, I mean, I want to shout out my family too. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've been six years, you know, I've been with my, up in March. Well, actually this upcoming month, February, my wife and I first met, I've never been to a, you know, UK football or basketball game or anything with her. And I really missed, um, going to games with my brother and watching games like my grandpa he's my last living grandparent and uh, up until I went to college I mean I was watching a ton of games with him UK and I'm very excited about getting to do that aspect again um, there were a lot of perks in media I mean you know you're not the wait in line at the bathroom you get free food free drinks I mean there it's some of the stuff's hard to be but some of the stuff is rough too. A lot of travel, a lot of late nights. Um, just from a lifestyle perspective, I'm very excited, but I will certainly uh, remain very plugged in. I, I would not do this show if I felt like I couldn't still yeah. sound like I know what I'm talking about, you know? <laughs> so like I said, uh, it's, it's going to be different because I won't be listening to every single interview, every single press conference, but you know, I think, I think we can still make this work for sure. Yeah, we can. And uh, people are still going to depend on you to answer those football mailbag questions. <laughs> that is uh, that is definitely your area of expertise. And uh, no, I'm just really excited for you and, and happy for you. And uh, can't wait to follow and see what all you do along your next step. But uh, until then, he's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.